You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. is good Houdat Nation and welcome to Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. We are brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories and I am your grateful host Ross Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC and you already know that ASC stands for all saintsconsidered.com where you can find my as well as other talented writers, articles, and podcasts, your source for up-to-the-minute Saints news, opinions, and analysis for the fans by the fans. And I hope that y'all had a wonderful weekend. I sure did, but I am excited to be back here with all of you because I got a great show planned for you today. Uh, We are going to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of Friday night's 20 to 15 Saints preseason loss against the Cardinals at home. And then we're actually going to bump Motivation Monday this week because there's so much Saints news going on and that's a good thing. So stick around and find out who stood out in the final day of training camp yesterday and who slotted to make their big debut on Saturday in Carson, California. And then finally, we'll take a look around the league at all of the preseason week two action. And I'll tell you why you should not be worried about the state of NFL football in 2018, all of that, and just a little bit of land yet on Locked on Saints. All right, so we had a disappointing preseason loss, 20-15, to at home in the Dome against the Arizona Cardinals. But of course, uh, we're not really looking at it in the big grand scheme of things in terms of record win and loss. We're looking at individual players who are trying to stake their claim about making the roster and finding roles on this offense, defense, and special teams. So I'm going to start off with the good, then we're going to go to the bad, then we're going to go to the just plain ugly. So starting with the good, I want to talk about Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson was drafted by the Saints last year in the third round, pick 103 overall. He was one of those, one of the three third round picks that we got last year with uh, Alvin Kamara, uh, Alex Anzalone, and then himself. And Trey Hendrickson continues to impress this preseason. He added another two pressures and a tackle for a loss in the game against the Cardinals. He also had a sack uh, or a strip sack uh, that was overturned by a controversial roughing the passer penalty, which we'll talk more about later. Uh, the fumble was actually recovered by Arthur Millette for what would have been the first and possibly only turnover caused by the Saints. But actually instead, because it was overturned, it led to a touchdown drive uh, by the cards that put them up 14 to 3. Hendrickson currently has a 14, I'm sorry, a 17.4 pressure percentage on pass rushing snaps. For reference, in 2017 preseason, Cam Jordan had a 17.6 pressure percentage on pass rushing snaps. So he's playing really well, and he's somebody that we're really looking forward to uh, moving forward throughout the preseason and into the beginning of the regular season, especially with Alex Okafor's recent injury that looks like it's going to take at least a few weeks uh, to heal up. So Hendrickson looks to be making a strong case for some additional playing time if he can stay healthy. Next on the list, I have outstanding rookie wide receiver, also third round pick, uh, Traquan Smith. He added a three game, I'm sorry, a three catch game uh, against the Cardinals, averaging 20 yards per catch with a total of 60 yards. He added a long of 24 yards in there. Uh, Still no touchdowns, but his run after catch and run blocking abilities have certainly been highlighted. So keep an eye on this kid because he's challenging for, just like Trey Hendrickson, some additional playing time this regular season, especially if he keeps making plays like he's been making throughout preseason and training camp. 
And last on my good list here, Jonathan Williams, uh, run, third third year third year running back. Uh, Williams put together another solid game with 37 yards and eight carries. He also had a catch for an unfortunate negative two yards, but Williams has pulled away as the favorite to assume the Mark Ingram role in the first four games of the season. He's outperformed both vets, Terrence West and Shane Vereen so far. Uh, looking forward to seeing him again in game three. Hopefully more and more carries for him leading into the top of the season. All right, going into the bad. I'm going to start with author Millette here, not because he played poorly, but because uh, he limped off the field during the Cardinals game. Uh, there hasn't been much of an update, uh, but that shouldn't be surprising because Sean Payton's always pretty hush-hush about these kinds of things. Uh, but it's not expected to be a very serious injury. It's just that with P.J. Williams coming back onto the practice field today, though he didn't, he hasn't participated in any drills yet, it could still spell trouble for the young New Orleanian if he isn't able to get back onto the practice field or into the next couple of preseason games because he is fighting for a roster spot. And so if he misses time, that might jeopardize his next moves there. All right. This is the big bad one right here. This is the big bad. All right. And y'all are going to come at me for this, but it's okay. I'm just stretching. I'm just stretching. I'm just getting ready. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Let's face it. He did not have the game that any Saints fan expected. All right. He threw two interceptions, one of which I'll give him credit was not his fault. It came off the hands of uh, wide receiver Cameron Meredith, and which was unfortunate for him because he was seeing his first action of the preseason. But he also fumbled three times, two of which resulted in turnovers. All in all, in terms of his passing game, he was 11 for 15, which isn't so bad, but two of those incompletions were interceptions, and he only threw for 68 yards. He also ran three times for 43 yards, but all 43 of those yards came on one decidedly good but one single play so i've said it before and i'll say it again right now Taysom hill does not look like the potential successor to drew Brees. so many people thought he was going to be but it's just not what it looks like at this moment he has a couple more preseason games to turn the tide he's still taking reps as what looks like he's uh, at the positions where he looks like he's second on the depth chart at quarterback that's what he was he was taking reps there at quarterback yesterday uh during during the last day of training camp so there's still potential for him and they're still giving him some opportunities so i'm not here to say that i told you so or anything like that i but i am here to say that i'm still waiting to be proved wrong because i would love to be proved wrong look jt barrett actually looked more comfortable at the end of the game with his limited action than Taysom hill did throughout the first half and i'm glad that Taysom hill that the that the coaches kept Taysom hill in for the entirety of the first half because there was no reason not to give him the opportunity, right? Even when it got down to the two-minute drill when those Saints had the ball back with a minute 30 left in the first half, he actually went five for five on that drive until the sack fumble happened and it was another turnover, the fourth, and his final play. So anyway, JT Barrett looked more comfortable. Uh, he went for uh, three of five, again, limited action for 45 yards. He also ran twice for 13 yards and includes a 12-yard touchdown. Part of the reason why I'm not super disappointed at all by Hill's production in the preseason, uh, or in preseason week two at least, is because Taysom under center would look very different in the regular season than it does in the preseason. He'd have his full plethora of weapons around them, and he'd also have a run game that would occupy the attention of opposing defenses. The other thing is that I can't believe believe that life without Breeze begins this season. And that's a big conversation right now is what do we do with life after Breeze, life without Breeze, life after Breeze, the air, what do we do moving forward? That does not start now. Even if Breeze were to go down, knock on wood, life without him doesn't begin until he decides to hang it up. And likely 
not for another year or so after that. I don't see a reality in which the Saints lose Breeze and win games with any quarterback that's on this roster this season. And I'm not upset about that because this team was built to win with Drew Brees under center. That's why we made the move for Marcus Davenport. That's why we have spent so much attention to the detail of the defense and why we have brought in the weapons that we have brought in. This team is built for Drew Brees to win a Super Bowl. It's not built with the concern of winning games with a backup quarterback. Now I'm going to move on to the ugly. This is an unfortunate one because I actually really like this guy, Ricky Jefferson. Saints safety tore his ACL during the second half uh, kickoff in Friday night's game. Jefferson's an LSU alum who was originally signed by the Saints on a futures contract back in January after going undrafted in 2017. He was recently re-signed by the Saints to compete for a special team slot. The coaches loved him. They loved what he was bringing back to the competition and they praised his newfound motivation. And this is a really unfortunate ending for the youngsters, for the young safety season. Um, I, I don't, I doubt that he would have landed a spot with the Saints because there are so many playmakers on that special teams unit already, but he was well on his way to making a statement and landing with another active roster somewhere else in the league. Uh, so I, I hope that he gets, he, he has a speedy recovery and that he gets back on his field soon. So, all right. So that's the good, bad, and the ugly from the Saints for the Friday night 20 to 15 loss against the Cardinals. Coming up next, we're going to take a look ahead uh, to the matchup against the LA Chargers. I'll tell you about a defensive player and an offensive player that are gaining momentum uh, coming out of training camp and whose long-awaited debut may finally be upon us. All that and more coming up. Yo, the Lockdown Network is expanding to college sports. Launching sooner shows for Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Florida in the SEC, Oklahoma and Baylor in the Big 12, Ohio State and Penn State in the Big 10, and Oregon in the Pac-12 with more to come. Keep an eye out and don't miss it. Locked on college sports is coming your way. All right, y'all, welcome back. Don't forget that after this, we're going to be taking a look around the league at news surrounding preseason week two, and I'll tell you why you shouldn't be worried about what seems to be one of the most controversial rule changes in the NFL. But right now, we're going to focus back on the Saints as we gear up for the next preseason opponent, the Los Angeles Chargers. The Saints wrapped up training camp yesterday, and now we move into our usual practice schedule and joint practices with the Chargers later on this week. Closing out the final day of training camp, Marshawn Lattimore had a huge day. He came up with two for sure interceptions and a potential third if we would have had some kind of instant replay to really get a to really get a closer look at it. His first interception came on Ted Ginn Jr. while covering him deep down the field. The second one that was in question uh, came while in coverage against Michael Thomas, but ultimately Thomas was ruled down by contact before Lattimore could wrestle the ball away. And then the for sure second pick, which could have been the third, uh, came while covering standout rookie Traquan Smith. That was a redemption for Lattimore, who actually lost to Smith in one-on-one drill earlier in the practice. So that's my uh, my defensive player that's really picking up some steam and picking up some momentum. Because a lot of y'all were worried about Marshawn Lattimore because y'all were seeing the back of his jersey a lot. But you got to remember, this is now the point, not in the preseason games, but at least in training camp, to where players start actually playing game plans and start playing schemes and they start messing around with what that looks like. Benjamin Watson also turned his game up since returning from injury. He looked like the pass catching uh, tight end that filled in the role for the freshly departed Jimmy Graham back a couple years ago. And if he can keep that up, despite being 37 years of age, he'll be a huge portion of the Saints 
offense. He's running routes well. He's getting up. He's you know he he's doing everything. We've actually got routes going down the seam, tight end routes going down the seam again, which we had which we weren't really able to achieve with uh, Kobe Fleener. Uh, so you know Benjamin Watson, that resigning is going to be a sneaky good resigning. Uh, as we move through the season, because he is going to be a factor and he's going to continue. I mean, coming back and relearning the system, essentially coming back and in- installing his two debt uh, has been incredible for us. And I can't wait to see him playing throughout uh, the regular season because he is going to be huge for us. And speaking of being huge for us, first round pick Marcus Davenport is officially back in practice though he's not participating in team drills just having him back on the field is garnering a lot of excitement from both the fan base and his teammates who also can't wait to see what he can do he may not be participating in team drills but he's been staying after practice and he's been getting his work in he's been spending a ton of time while he was hurt uh, with that pulled groin muscle uh, spending a lot of time in the film room and doing all of the work that he could do on all of those intangible elements of the game and he garnered a lot of compliments from his coaches about that it looks like if he can get back to full participation sometime this week he'll likely get some reps against the Chargers offensive line in Costa Mesa California during their joint practices if Davenport is able to go full send and really takes that next step that the coaching staff believes that he will be he's going to become a lot more than what other teams are equipped to handle, especially in the preseason. Because if he gets the chance to go up against second, third, fourth string guys during the preseason, then we're going to watch this dude dominate from the beginning. At least that's my hope. I mean, look, I'm a believer in Marcus Davenport. I don't believe that he is this raw. I mean, he is raw, but I don't believe that he's the project that everybody says that he is. I believe very much instead that he is somebody that, yes, can use some development, but it's very teachable and it's very sort of accessible development. It's not something he's going to have to work years and years and years to achieve because, look, we brought uh, David Onyemata out here and he didn't even start playing. <laughs> he didn't even start playing football until college. And look at what he's turned into in his third season. And he was a factor his second season. So, look, you can actually go on the All Saints Consider website. I have a series called Setting the Scene to where I look at every rookie. And I say, all right, this is what I think the best case scenario is. This is what I think the worst case scenario is. And this is what I think that my expectations are moving into the moving into the year. Now, of course, as new information shows up, my expectations may shift. But in terms of yeah, at the time that I write the article, that is that day's truth. Uh, and I'm willing to stick with and live by that. I go through at the end of the year and I look to see which of those three predictions is 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 most um, most accurate to what the actual output of the of the player was. So I'm not afraid to go back to that and be like, yo, look, I was mad wrong. But uh, with Marcus Davenport, I, I really suspect that he's going to be a big part of the rotation on the defensive line, and he's going to be a situational pass rusher, and he's going to succeed with that his first year, and then beyond that, his trajectory is going to rise, and it's going to rise quickly. Speaking of that series, also uh, another player to keep an eye out on who's actually been playing a really, really great preseason, Rick Leonard, uh, fourth round offensive tackle or fourth round pick offensive tackle out of Florida State. He started off as a defensive end and then moved over to offensive tackle, 6'7", about uh, a little over 300. And he's actually been playing pretty well. Uh, he's actually, at the moment that I'm recording this at least, he is rated as the sixth best 
pass protector and the fourth best run blocker uh, according to pro football focus in the league that's after two preseason games which is just uncanny considering that this is an un- a guy that was projected to go undrafted and no one could figure out why they chose him uh, in the fourth round so those are just some players that i'm excited about going into the next phase of the preseason we're halfway to roster cuts uh, i'm really really excited to see uh, marcus davenport get out there uh, I'm excited to see Marshall Lattimore make the plays in training camp and shutting out all the haters. I love it. Um, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. We're moving quickly, y'all. We are moving quickly. All right, so that does it for my Saints outlook after the second preseason game. Now, when we come back, we'll take a look at news from around the league and why people are freaking out all over Twitter about the state of football in 2018. Are they justified? Yes. Should they R-E-L-A-X, relax? Also, yes, and I'll tell you why next. Locked on NFL has become Locked on NFL of experts. Matt Williamson hosts Locked on NFL and has a brand new lineup. Every Monday, it will be the Locked On's local experts on the biggest stories. And then Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus will join every Wednesday. And ESPN's amazing Mike Sando joins on Thursday. Be sure to follow Locked on NFL on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts to get this amazing content. All right, welcome back, everyone. Let's just do it. Let's just dive into news from around the NFL in preseason week two. First, and absolutely most importantly, the Falcons blew a 14-3 lead to lose to the Chiefs 24-14 in their second preseason game. That is all. Former New Orleans Saint running back Adrian Peterson is visiting Washington to see if there's any interest in gathering a contract there. Uh, considering the loss of Darius Geis and Samaji Piran for Washington, this visit makes a lot of sense. Swag Kelly continues to look like the truth in Denver. Despite their 23-24 loss, he threw for 7 of 9, passing uh, 90 yards and a touchdown against the Bears. Keep an eye out for Andrew Luck's next preseason game with the Colts against the Baltimore Ravens tonight. Luck saw some of the first on-field action last week in their uh, win against the Seahawks Then I believe he has seen and I feel like decades at this point. In that game, he went 6-9 for nine for 64 yards, no touchdowns, but he did get sacked once and most importantly, he got up. Cowboys avoided a big scare with a knee injury suffered by Zach Martin. Turns out it's only a hyperextended knee, and he is expected to miss some time, but at least it was not season-ending as previously feared. The Vikings, on the other hand, lost six players to injury in, in uh, the day before yesterday's exhibition against the Jaguars. Uh, one of those injuries includes Tulane prospect or Tulane product uh, Ade Aruna who will likely end up being out for the season with what looked like a very serious knee injury. But, you know, I'll update on that as it comes through. But it did not look great. He was carted off the field. Now, there are a couple of offseason rule changes this year. And the first big story was about the new kickoff rules. Adjustments to the kickoffs have been made in an attempt to make them safer. But because of the nature of the rules which I can't even possibly describe. Most officials have had trouble describing them. The kickoffs now actually look like they have a greater opportunity to yield bigger plays. Fun fact, one of the people responsible for the new kickoff rules was the Saints' very own special teams coach, Mike Westoff. Hint, hint, watch out for those kickoffs this year. Uh, But the rule that's been driving everyone nuts on at least on the internet, uh, is the new helmet rule. The short of it is that if you lead into a tackle or another player right you could be on the offensive side if you lead in with your helmet 
you can incur a penalty, and that penalty includes 15 yards and an automatic first down if it's committed by the defense. You've all seen it all over Twitter. The helmet rule combined with the new detail about using your body weight to drive a quarterback to the ground for the new roughing the passer rule has created an absolute breakdown amongst NFL fans. Y'all are melting down out there. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just watching it happen and I'm chuckling because it's important to keep all of this in perspective. Back before the first preseason game was even played, NFL official Brad Allen explained that referees would err on the side of throwing the flag and getting it wrong in the preseason so that they didn't get it wrong during the regular season. The hope is that they can use the preseason as an opportunity to learn what this extremely suggestive rule, a subjective rule rather, looks like so that they can make the right calls in the name of safety during the regular season. To ignore that defeats the purpose of the rule entirely. It's very likely that the refs will have figured these calls out by the start of the season or another action is taken. I'm not saying one way or another whether they'll give whether they'll actually be able to iron all of the wrinkles out, but it certainly looks like that's the intent. There's no malicious intent here. No one's trying to ruin the game of football. This is not the NFL of 2018. I mean it is because it's the NFL happening in 2018, but rest assured and I, as I will, if this goes poorly week 1, something will change immediately. Don't stress out about it because then you're just going to stress out about it and then everything's going to be fine and you'll have stressed over nothing or you're going to stress and then there's going to something's going to go wrong and then you're going to have a real reason to stress and then you're going to stress twice. And I told y'all before and I'll tell y'all again, that ain't no way to live. All right, y'all, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for coming out. Come back tomorrow and we will take a look at what the Saints are doing to prepare for their next preseason game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Then, like we do every Tuesday, we'll look at the NFC South power rankings and I'll give you my thoughts on the NFC South heading into the season. And we'll take a look around the league and at the biggest news. Thank you so much for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you doing, how you living, how you momming them. Find Locked On Saints on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever it is that you find your podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you know when the newest episode drops every Monday through Friday. This has been Locked On Saints and trust who that nation. I'll holla at you.